The Green Sun Show is brought to you by CEA Technology, a leader in building indoor growing systems that allow you to grow pesticide-free and conserve fertilizer, water, and energy to grow crops sustainably. Visit ceatechn.com to learn more. One or two? Do you see better with one, glasses, or two, LASIK surgery? I trust my eyes to the Northwest Indiana Eye and Laser Center located in Valparaiso, Indiana. The state-of-the-art office and surgery center is the best in the region, providing complete eye care, including exams, glasses, and eye surgery. To make an appointment, call 219-464-8223. That's 219-464-8223. Or visit their website, nwindianaeyeandlaser.com. Trust your eye care to the best. And we thank the Northwest Indiana Eye and Laser Center for their support. I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is GreenSense, where we bring you eco-innovations that are changing your world. Today, we have a story about an American entrepreneur. Camilo Penalosa is the founder of Infinite Herbs, a pioneer in the fresh herb industry. He started over 20 years ago in his garage and built a startup into one of the top fresh herb companies in the U.S. He did it the old-fashioned way, with hard work, persistence, and integrity, while focusing on treating workers, customers, and the planet with care. Camilo, welcome to GreenSense, and thank you for the opportunity to let me tell your story. Well, thank you, Robert. It's a pleasure to be here with you and uh, to share whatever I can. Well, you've got lots of wisdom there. So let's uh, begin from the time you served as the Deputy Secretary of Economic Development for the Colombian Commerce Industry and Tourism Ministry. That's a mouthful. What brought you to America? And where'd you get the idea to start a fresh herb business? Okay, well, um, I served there for a couple of years. Um, and uh, it was a transition when the the world was opening. It was in the time when Clinton was president. And was uh, asking all the countries to open up their economies. And uh, I had the opportunity to to be named on that job and help because I had been working in the past years in negotiating um, quotas for the banana industry uh, of Colombia in Europe. And so I had some expertise in international um, work. And uh, I, 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 I was put on that uh, task and um, and of course there was a lot of a, a lot of work to do. From there on, uh, after a few years later, the person that uh, Luis Alberto Moreno, who was uh, the minister at that time, was uh, named am- ambassador uh, of Colombia in Washington, and and so he named my wife, who was also an economist, uh, uh, as her. Uh, as for um, economic attache of the embassy, and that brought us to the U.S. And uh, after that, uh, she went on to do a grad school uh, in Boston uh, at MIT, and so I came as Prince Consort to take care of the kids. At that time, uh, a friend of mine, uh, well, not a friend of mine, a friend of my brother, met him in a restaurant and told him, oh, I'm starting to grow some herbs with some flower people. And I'm going to the U.S. to see if we can export herbs. And my brother told him, well, you should meet my uh, my brother. He is in Boston. He was coming to Boston uh, as he has he studied horticulture in uh, 
and, and, and University of Florida and North Carolina State and uh, did some uh, management uh, studies too, uh, executive management. And, uh, and maybe he can help you. And so when he came to Boston, I met him in a cafeteria and we had some coffee. And I said, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll try to help you. And, um, and then from there on, I, 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 I went, I got all information of the herbs that they were growing. Half of the herbs I had never heard in my life. And I didn't know how, what they looked like. Um, but, uh, I did my homework and I started getting some, uh, appointments. And at that time we were able to get our first client was AMP. <laughs> but AMP didn't have a warehouse. He they worked through a, a, a distributor that it's a very large wholesale distributor in the U.S. I believe today the largest one. In uh, they do over fifteen billion dollars, which is uh, CNS, and uh, and I started delivering to them. But they 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 were um, two hours away from Boston, where I lived. And, uh, and Colombia could only grow a certain amount of herbs because the USDA had restrictions on other herbs that could not come from Colombia. So I would wake up at three in the morning and go to the produce market in Boston and buy some pounds of herbs at some wholesaler and bring them to my house and uh, pack them in the garage so that I could have the full line as well as the ones that I would pick up in the airport. So let's talk about that for a second. So one sure. day you're wearing a suit, you're eating fancy lunches with elected officials and diplomats, and the next day you're packing herbs in street clothes in a van at 3 a.m. What was it like to make that transition from government, uh, from a senior government official to the founder of a fledgling herb company? Well, actually, it, it, it wasn't hard at all because I, I have always had an entrepreneur spirit. And even in high school, I made... Uh, things to sell with friends to make money and uh and I've, I've i've always played sports i feel that i have always interacted with people so for me uh, where it's wearing a black tie or whether it's in shorts it's 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 the same it's the people that really have always counted in my life you know uh, so that wasn't a, a a big transition and and i felt that well uh, as, as we were here maybe I was uh, lucky to get part of that American dream that people talk about. Well, you sure got it. Can you share a funny story about when you first started the business that may have not been so funny back then, but when you look back, it's funny no, now? There are many, but uh, like, for instance, uh, it took me almost three years to before I hired the first full-time person. So I, um, I, I was a packer. I, I drove the, the small truck. Um, which by uh, it made too much noise, so the neighbors complained because of the river noise. So I ended up uh, par parking it at a um, reefer uh, is refrigerator, just refer refrigerated truck. Yeah, <laughs> yes, refrigerated truck, correct. And so I ended up parking it in 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 in, in a uh, shopping center where I got permit to leave it running the whole night, and I would pack inside the truck the herbs that I would buy in the market uh, in clamshells to be able to go and make the deliveries. And I was the driver too. So I would drive to the to hold, to CNS, which was more than two hours away, 
and I would do my homework also as to where there could be more clients. And on my way back, I would stop in a McDonald's or something like that and shave myself and wash my face and put on a, a, a coat and a tie. And I would go in and, 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 and try to start new businesses like, um, you know, from having just filled some pallets in a warehouse to a few hours later wearing a tie <laughs> after having a face wash at, at, at a fast food store. <laughs> well, the American dream doesn't come easy. And that's, uh, I think, a myth to a lot of people that migrate to America. Is they think it's easy, but it's a lot of hard work. So what does Infinite Herbs look like today compared to its humble beginnings? Uh, tell us, you know, a number of employees, what products you offer, the geographic markets you're in. Yeah, well, Infinite Herbs is definitely a different company. I mean, when when, when we started and packing in, in the truck and all those things uh, for food safety, that's something that uh, the industry has evolved so much that would be something totally unthinkable. I mean, no, 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 no serious company will buy from anybody who doesn't have all the certifications of uh, quality and, and, and everything that, of course, no quality company would ever give to anyone who is packing in a truck. Um, but uh, so from there, we, we grew, in, in, we started in Boston and we've been growing in Boston to about now, for, for the sixth time, to a new warehouse close to 20,000 square feet. We have another warehouse in Miami of uh, and, and just bought one and to uh, a little bit over 30,000 square feet. We have one in New Jersey in Vineland, which is just outside of Philadelphia, but in New Jersey, uh, which is uh, close to 40,000 square feet. And uh, at the end of the month, we're moving to a new warehouse uh, in Chicago. Also uh, near to where we are, but uh, a, a very nice warehouse. Um, so today we have four warehouses in the U.S. We grow in Mexico uh, and we grow in Colombia. In the U.S. we employ, depending on the time of the year, because of uh, holidays and things, but I would say an average of 250 people. And between Colombia and, and Mexico, we have an, another uh, 250 to 350 people. So, and, and those are direct jobs. Okay. Uh, uh, then you, you have indirect jobs of that. Um, the interesting thing is that especially in Colombia and in Mexico, we have tried to hire as much as we can single mothers, um, that, uh, and we try to help them because we know I mean, being being a woman, it's difficult in in third world countries. Well, anywhere, you know. In, in 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 although a lot of that myth is coming down, breaking down little by little, but still, it's there. Um, but with the macho life of the Latin people, when they leave a wife uh, with kids, they really leave them in 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 tough situations. So we like to hire as much as we can single mothers um, and help them with. In, uh, with loans or with education for the children, uh, in in any many ways we can uh, with schooling. Um, so uh, that's that's one of the important things that we have been able to develop. Yes, and that's always been a, a good quality of yours is your caring. Uh, prior to Infinite Herbs uh, coming onto the scene, how were herbs sold, and what innovation did you bring to the table? 
Well, I think that when the herbs, when I started in the market, um, uh, you know, like you said, more or less 20 years ago, a lot of the herbs were being brought from California and they were sold to stores in packages of six or 10 little plants. But uh, because that was the only way that it would it was feasible for the Californians to to send to the East Coast and make business. Otherwise, it would be shipments too small. Um, but for the stores, it was terrible because it, they would never sell all those six or or ten uh, little the clamshells in the stores of many of the herbs. Um, they would they would go bad. Um, so I quickly realized that by having a local packing house uh, or a regional packing house, I could sell to the stores and deliver maybe only in, in three clamshells per variety on, on a delivery. And instead of two or three times a week, we could maybe do four or five deliveries a week. Uh, and also by being nearby, when the store fell short, then uh, they could give us a call and we could say, sure, you can come by tomorrow. So it became a, 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 a way of having the stores to have less shrinkage and at the same time of improving and, and, and having a super uh, service uh, to them. So just for our listeners, a clam is a clamshell, one of those plastic foldable containers, and shrink is lost. Uh, and, and, and stores experience a lot of loss. It hurts their profit. Well, you started the company about the same time that Americans became foodies. Uh, there was a lot of interest in celebrity chefs, uh, food channels, cooking shows became popular. Was the availability of the fresh herbs a catalyst for the foodie industry, or was there something else that drove s such an obsession with Americans on food? Well, I think that the, the, the fresh herbs really started growing in the market thanks to the media. Uh, it wasn't really due to consumers, or it wasn't really due to anything else, but it was the media and it was the chef TV programs and the TV programs uh, of cooking and the internet with recipes and and all the YouTubes and all these things where people found that cooking with fresh herbs had much more aroma. The product had much more aroma uh, than dry herbs and that it wasn't difficult to cook with fresh herbs. You know, people were scared about it. You know, it's like when you see a nice horse uh, across the fence, but you don't dare to ride it until you get on it. And you see that not all horses uh, make you fall. So uh, the, 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 the growth of the herbs just has been exponentially. Actually, yesterday I had a meeting with one of our uh, major clients and that we've been selling to them like almost from the beginning, like 19 years. And we were looking at numbers and uh, the sales of the herbs have grown, uh, have grown with them over 600%, you know? <laughs> and, and, and so it just shows you, and it's not a high end supermarket. It's not a low end by any means either, but it just shows you that it's become now a streamlined item. It's like going to the store, buying potatoes. People just feel comfortable buying herbs. Well, you're an American success story. You came to America, you had an idea, you worked hard, you stuck with it, and you grew a company from scratch into a multi-million dollar business. What was your biggest challenge when you first started out? And what's your biggest challenge now? Well, I think the biggest challenge uh, has been in the growth, has been to have 
the right packing house size with the right equipment and have the all the certifications that you need and that are required by the food service industry and the retail industry uh because uh, every year they there seems to be a smarter person in the in the quality uh, section and they ask you for a new certification and which in many cases is not needed but they believe it is and you have to comply or otherwise you don't sell period you know it, that's that's just the way it is so having uh, to be uh, updated in that is it's it's very important also i think that the transportation has been something that has changed drastically as the gasoline has changed uh, the price has gone up and all the materials uh, in, in trucks and all this. When we started, it was very easy to find a truck that would deliver one pallet of product to a store. Today, it's very difficult to find trucks that would deliver less than four or five pallets or they'll go for one pallet, but you have to pay for the four or five pallets. So it makes your product not profitable because the the, 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 the shipping costs. So I think that that's been a huge challenge um, in happening. The other thing that's been happening is in the retail industry, every day, small stores or small companies are being bought out by other large ones. So before we had a lot of clients that we could go talk to and offer. Today, we have less clients and even the same, even several banners are owned by one same company. So, uh, like the case of Kroger or the the case of uh, uh, and Shop and, and and things, you know, that are companies that have many banners, but in in and so it, it makes it more difficult to find clients. So I think th th those are kinds of things that are have have been really difficult to 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 cope. What was your biggest challenge when you first started? I think the biggest challenge has always been transportation, uh, in, in logistics in general. Logistics in general, you know, um, I, I think, of course, during the COVID period, it was everything. But uh, but personnel was a huge challenge. And uh, and, and I, I, I'd like to take the opportunity once again, thank all the people that came every day to work for us in the in, 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 in the four locations that we have and also in the farms and uh and, and and instead of staying home and receiving a check from the government or just staying home and receiving the check from the government, they still kept, kept coming. And even though we did COVID tests every week in their plants and everything, they still kept coming. And, um, it, it, and, and they would tell stories about friends that got sick or family members that got sick, and they would still come and work for us, uh, for the company. And I think that was one of the nicest things that happen to us and, and and to see is when people are are there for you when you're trying to make something happen you know so let's talk about covid uh, how did that impact your business and more importantly the the demand for fresh herbs uh did you have to pivot to react to market changes because many uh restaurants closed during that time many supermarkets had increased sales but the product that went to the restaurants and supermarkets could be differently packaged or, or different varieties. Talk, talk a little bit about COVID. Well, the food service industry, which is institutional, uh, hospitals, universities, restaurants, um, went down drastically. 
Okay, I mean a lot, of, as you know, every a lot of them closed, etc. Schools closed. I mean, everything closed. So no cafeteria was. Uh, not too many restaurants were open. Not too many cafeterias were open. So of course our sales there went down. But because people were going were home and they could not go out and do things in the garden or could not go and do sports or couldn't do something, they started cooking more. So the the demand for herbs at home level um grill and um uh, and 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 so actually we our volume grew during covid it didn't it, it, it didn't come down uh, it was a stable in, in in some areas but in generally it, it, it was it was a good period for us and we were able to keep a lot of people and even hire more people than we had in during that time so uh, it was good for the industry, um, and I and and after COVID, the sales remained because a lot of people also because of the economy, which hasn't been easy uh, for people to go back. And now, you know, restaurants are asking for service fifteen percent, and then also below that, they put you for tip and everything. You end up paying more for service and tips than you end up paying for the for for the food. So it's making dishes and, and going out very expensive. And so people are staying home and and, and and cooking. And like I say, for the, for a lot of people now, cooking with fresh herbs, it's like buying a fresh lettuce. It's become uh, no, no longer a luxury or no longer a mystery. Well, I've known you for over 10 years, and I've always uh, been very uh, impressed the way you've uh, cared and the way you treated people and the planet with respect. Uh, where did this ethos for creating this positive uh, business culture come from? Well, I think that from my parents, you know, I think it's it's, it's a very easy lesson. Um, you have to be good in life and you have to do good in life. And when you, wherever you're doing, you have to see what's happening in your industry and and and, and, and in your world. And based on that, Whatever has to be done that it's the right thing to do, you have to go and do it and, and not cover your eye and, and try to avoid doing things and take shortcuts. You know, I mean, because uh, sooner or later, it catches up with you and it makes no sense. You know, you, you I, I think it's, uh, I have uh, something is that I, 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 I want to go to bed every night at ease and sleep. You know, I, I don't want to be waking up because I'm doing wrong things. So I think that this is something that has uh, uh, just, it's it's been the philosophy. So we go to a lot of trade shows of packaging. We go to a lot of trade shows in uh, abroad, not only in the U.S. Um, and we're always trying new things to make our packages as sustainable as possible. Uh, hopefully someday... All our packaging, it's not only recycled material, but hopefully it will come from um, uh, re um, compostable products that that are like clamshells instead of made from plastic will be made from corn or will be made from sugar, um, you know, and things like this. And, and, and the industry has to change. I mean, the industry has to change and the supermarkets have to change. Uh, everybody has to change. Well, the produce is, uh, business is very competitive, and sometimes that causes people to cut corners because it has very tight margins. It's a perishable product with a short shelf life, and that needs to be climate controlled. 
And uh, as you said, it has to be shipped properly. And, and it's also just very hard work. How have you been able to overcome the challenges of labor, cost control, product quality, consistency, distribution, marketing, and sales? Well, that's a... I think we need like a, a few days for for that. Well, give us a, a short but, answer. Uh, was it technology? Was it people? What was it? I I think again we we just been trying to do everything right, and 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 never cut corners. We know that sometimes, uh, like sometimes we we have lost clients because we're not the cheapest, okay? But we're doing it right, and we try to explain the client and show them even costs and everything and telling them, you know, eh, there's no way that what you're getting, whoever is selling it to you, is doing everything right. You know, I mean, I, I can't say exactly what they're not doing right, exactly, you know, but we know our cost and it's just impossible. You know, the 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 freight costs are there, the trucks are costs are out there, the plane costs are there, the growing are is out there. So the only way is Either people are losing money and are using the the losses for a runoff of other businesses, or or they're doing something. You know, it's 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 just uh, uh, and and when you see the top companies, I would say the top four or five companies in in Earth, uh, in the East Coast and Midwest, where is the major market where we are, the top companies are selling about the same price. You know, so you can know okay. That's got to be the cost, or otherwise, why are those guys that are the the the, the top people selling at the same price, uh, and others people are lower? Well, somebody's doing something that has got to be questioned. Well, you must be do be doing something right because you have an impressive list of companies, and this includes retail chains such as Aldi, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, Walmart, and also food service giants like Cisco and Gordon Foods. What's the secret to securing these companies and more importantly, retaining their, their big volume business? Well, I think that communication, letting them know everything that you're doing and taking serious everything that they ask you to do that makes sense. And when you believe that it doesn't make sense, you come back to them with serious arguments of why it should not be done and you come to agreements, you know, so always I, I think communication, communication, um, constant visits to them, you know, to talk about. I I, 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 I don't think that uh, writing a lot of emails and just having an Instagram account works at the end of the, the day. We're humans and we like to hear how your son is doing and how uh, what uh, how the new house is is working out or the new location where the people move and business is not just numbers you know business is a human relationship and uh, and so i think that that's been part of the of, of that that we've been there you know and like i'd say we just we're doing things right and people know that we do everything that we can i mean i have made deliveries to supermarkets at 2 a.m. in my car because they needed something, you know? And so when you do those things, they know that we're doing everything that we can, you know? And yeah, there's an old saying. Times. It's Yeah, it's not so much how, it's not how much you know, it's how much you care that uh, people respect. Right? Yes. yes, it's, uh, you know, I always say they're out there in the market, there's products, you know, and the products aren't very different. 
you know, um, what's different is how you service the company and, and, and how you'd make the delivery of those, how many times a week, uh, in, in what sizes, uh, you know, and, and the clients are also, you know, they, they're reasonable with, with pricing. Most of them, they understand that it takes a lot to bring products to their stores or to their food service. And so when somebody's doing something reliable and they're doing it right and you communicate, you know, then they, they stick with you. Uh, I, I think seriousness is one of those things. And I think the other thing is that when companies see that actually it becomes like a snowball, you know, when, com when, when they, 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 I, I remember when I was young, uh, uh, Onassis, who was like the, the, the um, uh, millionaire of our, when we were young, uh, you know, he said the difficulty is not to have many millions. The, the, the difficulty is to make the first million. So I, I, I think with the clients is the same, you know, when you have one serious client, they getting the first, first or second or third is the tough thing. But when you can come and visit new clients and tell them, no, look, like you said, look, we sell to Walmart, we sell to Cisco, we sell to Trader Joe's, we sell to Aldi, we sell this. And, and people know how difficult it is to sell to them because of how much they require from you in quality, in packaging, in seriousness, in softwares, in, in everything to, to, to have. Then when new people look for you, they know, well, if these guys are selling to them, they must be doing something right. So let's talk to them. Well, let's talk a little bit about sustainability. Uh, as we talked earlier, uh, you started buying uh, uh, herbs from the Boston Produce Market, repackaging them. Now you have your own farms. What are some of the sustainable initiatives you've implemented both at the farm level and within your operations? Well, like I say, we comply with all the regulations that all the main certification companies require us to, to, to have, as well as the same the, 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 the companies. Um, but, uh, we have today, we do, uh, about 50% uh, of our sales on just organic herbs. Um, and, uh, we, we grow in soils that are everything certified and we grow, uh, in different places also that, that, that allows us to, to, to comply with the needs that uh, are required by the market. So. Uh, in, in packaging, we try to use paper as much as we can and no plastic. Um, and, 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 and we just are in the mood of always trying to be as uh, sustainable as possible, uh, not only with people and not only with having good conditions in the warehouses and things, but in the, in the sale process uh, to the client. Well, you become both a financial uh, success, but to me, what's even more important, you're a respected pillar of the agricultural community. So rather than uh, drink wine and hang out on the beach all day, you have other plans that I think are very interesting. So as it, you embark on the next chapter of your life, tell, tell us, what do you plan to do? <laughs> well, actually... Um... I am in the process of going and I've been in contact with a number of uh, organizations, NGOs and foundations that work in third world countries in developing projects, whether it's uh, bringing energy to, uh, to a region or uh, plantations of hazelnut nuts in uh, Bhutan uh, or um, uh, cashew nuts in Vietnam. So 
I'm uh, for, at least for the I, I I plan for at least for the next six months or so to travel to a lot of these developing countries to try to see some of those projects and and do some tourism also, but to clarify really what I want to do and uh, and and to see how I can help uh, as uh, in advisory boards or board of directors or even hands on in some of these uh, organizations or companies that are uh, pushing to help uh, projects and quality of life uh, to make life more human for people in developing countries. That's fabulous, uh, Camilo. And for those who haven't traveled around the world, it's amazing what a little help can do in some of these foreign countries and how it can go a long way and also how, how much it's needed in these areas. So I really commend you on your efforts. I hope you'll uh, keep in touch with us, and uh, maybe we'll get you back on, and we'll have to tell a, a story of an adventure you've had uh, around the world. Well, thank you, Robert. No, it's a it's a pleasure, and for sure we'll be in touch. Camilio, it's always a pleasure talking with you, and congratulations on the next chapter of what's been a wonderful life and an American success story. Okay, thank you, Robert. Take care. That's Camilo Benalosa, entrepreneur and founder of Infinite Herbs turned explorer looking for the next adventure or community in need of a helping sustainable hand. I'm Robert Colangelo. Thank you for listening to Green Sense and check out the Green Sense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on 105.9 WBBM Chicago. The Green Sun Show is brought to you by CEA Technology, a leader in building indoor growing systems that allow you to grow pesticide-free and conserve fertilizer, water, and energy to grow crops sustainably. Visit ceatech.com to learn more.